0: Hey there, we're Megan, Lauren, and Lindsay. We're three teacher advocates
1: who've been where you are and know what you're going through.
0: We believe that teachers are as important to
2: the education system as the curriculum, and our goal is to support you as a teacher and a
0: person. This is everything your teacher prep didn't prepare you for. Welcome to Real Teaching 101.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Real Teaching 101. This is Megan and I'm looking at the beautiful co-hosts that I have. Lauren's super comfy cozy in her bed, I think, right? Are you in your bed? I am in my bed, 100%. There you go, 100%. And then Lindsay's just killing it in, in mom life, right? Yeah, yeah. Megan's also a liar. <laughs> you all can't see my hair, but
2: she's very generous with the compliments because this is not the definition of beauty today.
0: But it's not your hair cute. looks cute. Uh, you could guys. pass that off as <laughs> like a mohawk bun. It's cute. No, it's like a messy bun. It's cute. You guys, it's
2: cute. She Honestly, it's barely even <laughs> There, guys. It's also falling out because postpartum is real fun. So, you know, it's just we're thriving over here. But,
1: well, you know what? I appreciate your honesty. And I think the listeners do too. Yeah,
2: I'm all yep. about it.
1: You have mom questions, teacher questions. I'm
2: here for it. Throw them my way.
1: That will work perfect for today. We're going to do a little prep period for you. But we were talking about trying to find something that was current with this time of year and like we're recording this what would you say mid-february i feel like february is so short it's almost the end of february
0: mid-february yeah
1: mid yes mid february anywho uh those lovely letters of intent will start to come out if you haven't already gotten them from your school i've gotten them early in in february before what about you guys
0: i've gotten them believe it or not before winter break started
1: oh wow
0: yes Like it was a big setup or maybe it wasn't a full letter of intent, but it was like the pre-letter of intent. Like, let us know now what you're thinking about doing. And then an actual letter of intent came out later. I think it was pre-pandemic, so I don't totally remember it, but I remember something needing to be in my principal's box before winter break started, which is like a big commitment to think about. Like that's a big jump between December and February.
2: Well, it's a big jump to decide in December what you're doing in August. So mm -hmm. I,
1: that like the biggest, well, for me, I think the most important thing about the letters of intent, and I, this could be different in everybody's districts that they're not legally binding. So at least for me, and I think for most, most people I've talked to the letter of intent itself is not like signing a contract for the year. Now, of course we would always want you to like do your own research, but I think that's important because, yeah, how am I supposed to know in February and March even what opportunities might present themselves come May? So I was thinking we'll go and talk about how we all made our adjustments. We're all still in education, but we've kind of each taken a different, I don't know, career branch off the educational tree. And so perhaps we can kind of share What did we all do this time of year to kind of make those transitions? Because I mean, as much as I want people to be happy, successful teachers, it's hard. And a lot of people are looking for other opportunities.
0: I think for me, it was making the mental commitment to change what I was doing. I think a lot of times people waffle back and forth and they say, well, I don't know if I really want to do this and maybe I could do something else, but Teaching is one of those things. It's like you know, it's like riding a bike. You know, you can go back to it every after the summer, and you can pick up your same lesson plans, and you can do a lot of the same things. There's a lot of comfort to it, and so it's really easy to slip back into it and not really know because uncertainty is really hard. So for me, I made the step to say, "No, I want to do something else. I, I, I it doesn't have to be teaching." Um, or maybe it's teaching at a different school, but like I made the commitment that being at the school site that I was at, like I didn't want to return back, and that I had to explore other options. So, I think making that commitment to yourself is a really big step, and actually sitting down and deciding what it is that you want to do, and that's like a soul searching question. I I did it, and. I really came back to the fact that I didn't want to teach, but I still wanted to do something in education. And so the role where I'm in now, I actually still do get to teach. I'm on a, a faculty contract, which is super awesome, um, but I'm not, always in front of students. I work with teachers. I teach the teachers. I can still teach students. I still work at a school site. And I love a lot of the things about that.
2: And I will add that Lauren and I were doing this at the exact same time. I found community in that and I really leaned on Lauren a lot and like, what are you doing? What are you planning? We would send each other job posts and like, you might like this. And there were there was a lot of that and there was a lot of you know how do i word this and you know what you know teaching to students could also be presented in a different way and you know you don't call them students you call at students and parents they're stakeholders and there's all this like language that you have to learn because it's so unfortunate that when people see your history as a teacher they're like oh you just taught kids it's basically like in the professional world they view you as a babysitter but you're not you're doing data entry you're managing Projects, you're doing all of these different things, and we all know that we're multitasking in eighty different ways all day long. But trying to get that on a piece of paper and into an application in a way that makes sense, in a way that's going to stand out, is really hard. Uh, for me, I transitioned to an ed tech company who that's completely remote, and it still deals with uh, students and writing support. And it was a good combination for me because I have a really strong background in operations. And then coupled with my background in education, it really was just a good fit. So it is a startup. So, you know, there's there's challenges there as well. But I was willing to take what I knew about students and in the classroom and be able to bring that to a company that really is student focused in a way that, like, I couldn't do it in the classroom. Privately funded businesses just have more resources, more opportunities to reach students in different ways. And so I wanted to stay in something with aligned with education that was also aligned with my values. Like I didn't want to go to an education company that was just nickel and diming parents and kids and schools. My company gives a lot of free resources out and holds free courses for AP students to come in, especially around this time of year, boot camps and things like that to get ready for all of the AP exams that are coming up. So Along with our paid content, we do offer a lot of free res- free resources and, f- and opportunities for students to hear from people who are AP readers who are going to be reading the exam this year. And I think that was really important to me and to be able to really help try to bridge that equity gap was important to me when I was looking for something else. So echo what Lauren said, like really find what you're passionate about and what's important to you and then look for companies that are also aligned with that.
0: And you might find in that, that you really do love teaching. And and I really want to be like, teaching is awesome. It's so fun. It's got a lot of rewards. I really enjoy doing it. But sometimes it's a grind and you might find that you don't want to do anything else. I know uh, when I was looking at things, I was like, don't want to do sales. Don't want to do customer success. There's like a lot of stuff I didn't want to do. So I don't want to say, jump ship for the sake of jumping ship so to speak like have a plan and be really clear and aligned with what you want to do and I think Lindsay you said it best like whatever your values are and stick with something that's there and don't waver from that because then you're going to find yourself being unhappy doing something that you don't love to do and I'd love to say that your job is more than just a paycheck there's so many other things that go there and I know teaching is one of the most underpaid instances that you can be in but There's a lot of upsides to it, dare I say, like some of the vacations and holidays and stuff like that. And if you're lucky enough to leave at three o'clock, yay for you. Be very clear on what it is that you want because there's other sacrifices that you'll have to make that you don't necessarily do when you're teaching.
1: I think you both bring up very good points, and as you're both talking, I was thinking about our episode with Daphne Gomez now Gomez. Will Williams. Yeah, when when we um, interviewed her from the teacher career coach, she has lots of really great resources about what Lindsay was saying. How if you are someone who's looking to get out of education, how you can market your skills as a teacher using different terminology, maybe for the corporate world, if that's what you're interested in. And then another thing I really love that, um, and I, I follow her on on all the things the you know, LinkedIn and Instagram, and is she always, she being Daphne, always mentions, you know, first before leaving teaching completely, maybe try a different school, maybe it maybe it is your current administration or, you know, current parents where you are and and things like that. And I think that is important because like, I'm pretty sure we've said it before, like we're not here to try to encourage people to leave education, but at the same time, you got to do what's best for you. And right now, at least in the country where we live, teachers are not treated and respected as high degree level professionals. Sure. And yeah, and it gets exhausting. And I was looking at a post today from the teacher misery Instagram page. I know we've talked about her before, but it was all photos people have sent her about injuries they've gotten this year. And I, I know that that's a big thing right now, a big topic um, after the incident that happened in Virginia with the the student, the six-year-old and shooting his mm-hmm. teacher. But yes, yeah, so I, I don't want to come across like we're telling people like oh leave teaching cuz let me tell you and this was a question i was going to ask you guys but i'll just drop it in now i regret leaving teaching so right now i'm currently a vice principal and i i'd say many days if not most days this year have wished that i was back in my own classroom with just my own students to worry about and just the group of parents of my students as opposed to The challenges that we've had, and I know you guys know, it's been an interesting year (laughs) for me. Understatement (laughs) of the year. (laughs) Yeah, it's been something, guys. But yeah, so I I definitely do miss that. I don't know if somebody came up to me tomorrow and was like, "Oh, here's this teaching job where you'll make the same amount of money you're making now." And let me tell you, it was not that big of a jump from teacher to admin. Like, yeah, not that big at all. Right. (laughs) I I would probably take somebody up on that and be like, you know, I'd love to be back in my own classroom. So I don't know. I I was just curious. Are you guys happy with the changes that you made? Would you want to go back to a traditional classroom? What are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, no. Well, I was just thinking, so like when I moved, because the reason I switched from my, yeah, I probably would have stayed at my school site had I not been moving states. And so when I was originally moving out to Colorado, I was going to teach, but then Megan and Lauren, know I went and I met with the principal at the school site I, I had said I was going to work at. And after touring with her and like figuring out what their policies were and things like that, I was like, this is not for me. And I miss teaching a lot of the time. There is something about being with that group of kids and every year getting a new batch. And it's there, there's something special about teaching and until you've taught you don't know. And I miss that feeling. For me, it breaks my heart, but it 100% comes down to the money of it. I'm in Colorado Springs, and the starting salary for a teacher with a master's degree is 35000 And Holy mackerel. That's ridiculous. Yes. And I could not take that kind of a cut in no. what I was making at the previous school. And then, especially to what I make now, still working in education, but not for you a know, public school, obviously. And the private schools are worse it really just comes down to it. Like I can't afford life even in a two income household on that kind of a salary. And it's unfortunate.
1: You bring up a really good point. Cause I feel like so many people might say back to a teacher, you know, Oh, well you're, you know, you knew when you were getting into teaching, you weren't doing it for the money and you're doing it for the kids. And sure. All of that could be correct. But here's the thing. Like I still deserve to live above the poverty line. Right. Like, uh, you know, as does everybody else. But like, just the example that I'm using, you are somebody who as a teacher works extremely hard, wears many hats, a lot of is expected of you. We are the scapegoats for almost everything wrong right. in America. It's, it seems, to you know, lately. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to be paid what your worth, especially when I feel like I and I saw a whole bunch of posts just because the Super Bowl just happened. And there were so many things that's like, you know, imagine a world where the professional football players buy their own supplies and teachers get million dollar contracts, like especially the amount of education and having to remain certified and all of those things come with time and money commitments that you make to be able to do this job, that job should pay you for those things. I feel like we're and I don't know if it's as women or what, but like made to feel ashamed for saying, like, oh, I wanted the job that had more money because I wanted a better quality of life and, and yeah, to be able to afford my bills. Like what there, there's nothing wrong with that, you know? Like
0: No, there's nothing wrong with it at all. But I think that goes back to the point about being crystal clear about what it is that you want and what it is that you value. Because like the truth of the matter is, is there's going to be problems no matter where you're at. You're not going to go from one environment to the other and it's going to be rainbows and unicorns and puppy dogs and like ice cream bars every Friday. It's just not going to happen. That's, that's a fantasy world. So what are you prepared to sacrifice in order for that like pay jump? Because, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. And I look at admin people like you, Megan, and I'm like, that's not a life I want. Like there's just so much, as you know, other stuff that you have to deal with. <laughs> where it's like, I, I would love to grade papers every day than have to meet with parents all the time and have to do with all the other things that are there. But in answer to your other question about do I miss teaching? I mean, yes, I I do. There's so much about it that I love. I had the pleasure to sit in and teach and cover a sixth grade class and they were reading The Giver. And I loved teaching The Giver when I taught sixth grade. And so it was like slipping into like an old pair of comfy shoes. And the students had asked me the next day, they said, are you going to come back and teach again? And I was like, no, but maybe I'll come back and visit. But like, oh, you like me so much and what I do and what you got out of that, that you wanted to see me again. Like it made me feel really impactful. And that's the thing that I like about teaching is it is an impactful profession. You see the fruits of your labor as you go and and you get to, to really feel like you're making a difference. As corny as that sounds, it's really what I enjoy about it.
1: I had something similar, Lauren. I just subbed in third grade and I had taught that class back when they were first graders. It was interesting. I mean, it was fun because I knew all the kids, but like we went out to recess and I played football with them. And then at the end of the day, we like played the little end of the day games that I used to play with them when they were in first grade, like just when we were waiting for the bell to ring. And so many of them were like, this is just like first grade all over again. Um, But there were, yeah, there were a couple new kids who like came up and they were like, are you going to come teach our class again today? And so I do miss that a whole bunch. And going back to teacher career coach, I like that she does suggest like perhaps it is your current location. Like maybe you might not need to give up on teaching altogether. But then on the flip side, it's okay if you do. If you want to completely get out of education, that is 100% Fine and supported, and we support whatever you do. But I do want to tell everybody about our link through Daphne. So I think Lauren, correct me if I'm wrong, it's slash real teaching one oh one right gold star for you yay so you can go there and find all things that daphne offers and she's got there's like free quizzes you can take there's a ton of free resources too but the thing that i got the most help out of was definitely the language i think there's like a whole chart right lindsay mm-hmm. where you can like look at the different terminology like you were saying like students and parents and stakeholders it's just really interesting and i and as somebody who didn't even leave you know, a school, like, sure, I just went from one position to the next. There was something about that that was just good for my self esteem, too, where it's like, oh, you're right, I do manage caseloads and analyze data and all these things and
0: lead engaging meetings three to five times a day.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's so many things where it's like, oh, no, that's exactly what I'm doing. And um, sometimes I feel like people can say things like, oh, well, you're just a teacher, you're just with kids. And it's like, no, everything a teacher does is 100 times harder than somebody doing it in a room for a, full of adults. Like, sure, you could have maybe a meeting of with 10 of your employees at a table, but have you ever taught a lesson to a class of 30 who all have different backgrounds and different educational needs? Like, I'm sorry, you can't touch what a teacher is capable of.
2: No. And I will say I've done a bunch of different things. I worked in retail. I've ran fitness facilities, worked at an accounting firm, taught. And now I work in, in operations for an ed tech company, which I just deals with adults and it's remote. Minute by minute, the hardest job I've ever had is teaching. It is the most mentally and physically taxing that thing that I've ever done. And people who, I don't want to give this idea. I was going to say people who like don't think very highly of teachers should try it for a day, but then I don't want those people in the classroom anyway.
1: So No, I've had that thought (laughs) numerous times. You know how many times I've had the thought where it's like certain parents, I'm like, I would love for you to come in and try to sub for a day, even maybe half a day, or just not even sub, just sit in my office and have to reply to the emails that I get.
2: No, I'll I'll give you a lollipop (laughs) if you make it to recess. I'll I'll give you a lollipop without calling for help.
0: So I have a question. Maybe this is kind of a fun question. Let's live in a world where you never got into teaching. What would you have done? I think
1: I probably would have worked in TV. That's where I interned when I was in college in New York. I worked for or I interned at the Rachel Ray Show, which I loved. Had a really great time. I have friends who interned with me there, season one, who still work there now. Shout out to all of them.
2: <laughs> I can totally see you in that world. You have the personality. But you're like <laughs> Lauren. Like both of you, just like that. Like. Totally be fine. I, I would be like, don't talk to me. Just sit here. <laughs> in it's my funny,
0: Megan, because that's what I was going to say too. I was going to say probably something in film or TV. I really love podcasting, so maybe I would have just done this full time and. As Megan knows, I love to design and like craft things. And I've been, I have a button maker, which I, I love so very much. And I made buttons for all sorts of things. Like the amount of sayings that I have where I'm like, I need a button that says that. And now I get to have a button that says it as my making fetch happen buttons, I wore it to, to Mean Girls. Anyhow, <laughs> but I, I think like having a like craft business of some sort, of some repute is something that I probably really would have done if I could have
2: I think for me and it's still like in the back of my head where it's like do I want to do this and this is not good this is gonna be total left field because I talked about getting an Ooh. MBA with Megan and Lauren the other day which okay I'm so
1: excited not really
2: strapped in. I would have I, I enjoy like mm. event coordination yeah. like I would love mm. to be an event coordinator for like corporate events or things like that and just like fly around and do that for different businesses like that would be like so cool I love
1: I it. did event planning in college and then right out of college did a little bit of wedding planning and the wedding planning took all the fun out of it. And I was like, nope. Yeah, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to deal with brides. <laughs> yeah.
2: I want to do like business parties and like yeah. things where it's just like fun holiday parties or like, you know, retreats or whatever we're going to call it. like that kind of stuff.
1: I think it's nice that all of these are still options because I'm a firm believer that no matter how old you are, Things can always change. You can always start something new. I've worked with teachers who are on their third career, people who have been in real estate, people who have been lawyers. Nothing is impossible. It's just like you guys were saying earlier, you just got to find what it is that's going to make you happy. If that's being in the classroom, awesome. If it's not, that's great too. We're here to support you. But I do recommend checking out our affiliate link and maybe using some of those resources through Teacher Career Coach to find out what's right for you. Any last thoughts, ladies, about our letter of intent time, words of wisdom?
0: I'm going to go with the like super meta thing of like intent, right? Like know what you intend and be firm with your intention. So maybe it's Mm. less about like, do you intend to come back? Or like, what is your intention for your life? Be crystal clear with that.
2: Only words of wisdom is do your due diligence on wherever you're planning on going. So if it seems too good to
0: be true it
2: probably is. Um, So definitely look into it. Go visit a school site if you're switching school sites, like maybe try to talk to some teachers that work there, like do as much as you can to figure out like what you're stepping into because the grass isn't always greener.
1: No, that's really good advice. And utilize things like LinkedIn where, you know, see, do you have connections that work there? Could you reach out to someone and say, I'd just like to learn about the culture at your school. I've got an interview there or something like that. I think that's, awesome advice. I think my biggest tip would be when it comes to covering yourself. So like I said at the beginning, every letter of intent I've ever signed has never been legally binding. It was not related to the the contract. It didn't affect my credentials, anything like that. I don't want to give somebody advice that is wrong. So I would say check that out. But I'm thinking in most instances, it's okay if you sign the letter of intent and then come May or June, something else happens. So don't let that be the thing that makes you not want to try or, or find something else. Anywho, hopefully somewhere in here, there was something that was helpful. This is a important time of the year. Those things are going to start coming around. There's lots of resources out there. It is not too late. It is like you are right on time. So if you're thinking about finding somewhere new, then you're on it. Start your research now. Start looking for things. Just get your resume together all that good stuff but it's not too late you've got plenty of time all right well thanks everybody for listening and we will talk to you next time before you leave us today know that
0: you're appreciated and we know you're doing everything you can let's stay in touch follow us on instagram or twitter at realteaching101 or email us at realteaching101 at gmail.com This podcast is produced by Ambitious Ed.
2: Thanks for listening today, and we'll see you next class.